Welcome to another edition of Masala PTI. I have my uh, partner uh, Ravi here. Ravi, this is a sad day for everybody in the sports world. So I thought we should get together and share our thoughts about Kobe Bryant. So how, how have you been dealing with the news and how are you doing today? Yeah, it's been heartbreaking, Arvind. And again, uh, thanks for having me on and uh, hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, Arvind, as you said, it's uh, it's a sad day for sure. And especially, I guess each one of us brings unique perspectives to how, uh, you know, how we perceive and have dealt with this tragedy. Mm. But I think... Uh, Right. Uh, the one commonality amongst anyone that is feeling anything about this is that it is kind of tragic at multiple levels. Uh, right, right. So whether or not you are a sports fan, I think this one really hurts deep. So right. yeah, I think that's, the same boat as you. That, that's why I really wanted to get your thoughts on this as well. And I'm actually going to open up the floor for you first because... You know, we are all sports fans and NBA fans, and especially you and me as Suns fan, we have a lot of thoughts on Kobe. I mean, the athletic greatness has always been there for everybody to see. And the, you know, losing somebody at this age is always uh, soul-crushing. But I think uh, being uh, uh, single and without a family, I, I kind of lack the perspective on the whole uh, family angle of it, even though I intellectually understand and it's pretty heartbreaking to see every time I see his family or the daughter Gianna is when I'm, yeah. I'm really crushed but I really wanted to get your thoughts on it as somebody who is also a basketball dad and as somebody who has even been to some of the same tournaments as Kobe's kids obviously you have a son he has a daughter so it's not the same tournament but still same locations I really wanted to uh, let you share some of your uh, feelings and thoughts on this, not just from a basketball fan perspective, but also as a as somebody who shares the family and the basketball for kids' experience with uh, Kobe. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, thanks for saying that, uh, Arvind. Then you know, I was also trying to encapsulate all the various range of emotions that I'm sure you, me, and all of the people that we know are going through in dealing with this or what we feel about this and ultimately the best I could do was to kind of literally bucket my emotions into three categories or three mm-hmm. things which I'm feeling so so to speak. The first one is to your point our respective roles over the past 20 plus years as Suns fans and what Kobe made us feel about him during his playing days versus the Phoenix Suns especially you know the days where he literally was singularly responsible for killing the Nash era Suns from winning a championship. I mean, we talk a lot about the San Antonio Spurs and what they did, but if there was one player I was shit scared to for our team to play against, it was Kobe. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I'm not even talking about those Gasol, Odom, Bynum uh, Lakers where Kobe ended up winning a few championships. I'm talking about even the times where he had Smush Parker as his point guard <laughs> and still took the Suns to seven games. Right. So, that way, I don't think I despised any player more as a fan, as a fan of another team. Mm-hmm. And to me, the first point was how diagrammatically opposite I felt yesterday hearing the news that he had died because I felt like a member of the family had died. I mean, I would have, I mean, I don't mean to say something wrong here, but even if someone who we followed uh, as a Suns fan, as a Suns player, I mean, if mm-hmm. something like this had happened to a Suns player, I probably would have felt the same, maybe less. But Kobe passing away made me feel like 
as if someone has kicked me in my nuts and that's what made me realize that this guy was greater than the game he was greater than a sports city he was greater than you know either a rival or as a fan he just meant so much to the overall sport yeah. so that's you know that's the first part mm-hmm. the second thing is what you alluded to which is already there was a little bit of a softening of what i thought kobe was since the time he retired like afterwards you saw him as this uh, you know this this producer of this uh, espn show called detail then obviously his 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 exploration into uh, animation movies and end, ending up winning the oscar and even his speech at the oscars was so profound i felt in a very short period of time and then obviously the biggest thing was how he completely transitioned to being this model uh, you know family man deeply caring for the best for his children and the way he glowingly spoke about his daughter's love for basketball and all of it it made you think of him as one of you right like any one of us would feel about mm-hmm. talking about someone who's a child or a spouse or a, any other family member it almost felt like he no longer felt to uh, any desire to be known as an mvp or as one of the top 5 players of all time he w- would much rather be known as a dad and as i think as you and i connect spoke about this offline you could also see this in a little bit from a, as a as a spectator on how he would deal with uh, you know his 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 uh, his daughter's uh, basketball teams uh, uh, games and performances where he would be hollering at the refs like any other dad or mom would was your ultimate uh, you know soccer parent or in this case a basketball parent and that made you feel like all of a sudden this uber uh you know almost god like character was as human as you or me or anyone else and i think that was the second part and the last thing was i mean this is where i feel i think it really hit worse is it almost feels like it would have been uh, more palatable if he had had a vice or a bad habit or mm-hmm. had done something which would have been a portender or you know an omen to something bad that was going to happen to him like you know if he was kind of you know trying to fight drugs or kind of in the wrong in the wrong hands or concussion in football i mean these are all causal factors for bad things to happen to players after or athletes after they retire in this case this guy couldn't have transitioned better to an even more successful second life right. and for something like this to happen i think it feels really really unfortunate right right that that's a great uh, you know so, so summary of all the different th- thoughts you're going through uh just to tee off on your last point that's an amazing thing right this guy had n- very little diversion outside of basketball when he was right. playing and of course he had his thing in colorado and all of that but i believe he never drank he basically so basically he never showed up to games hung over or anything like that and you hear again and again about his work ethic and i've never remembered this guy throughout his 20 years ever showing up to games out of shape or starting even a preseason game out of shape or anything like that right he is just completely dedicated to basketball he was always in shape always did the best he could at his job and i th- i think more than anything else that is his legacy right the work ethic getting the most out of his talents and usually we say that for like uh, you know yeah. scrubs like you know julian edelman or somebody like that but in his case he was super talented at a superstar level but still figured out a way to get the most out of that talent and that is i think a very uh, 
unique combination, which which is one thing, Ravi, I was thinking we may not even be able to say about Michael Jordan, right? Absolutely. I was just about to say that. But please go ahead. Right? right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. because we know his uber competitiveness and all of that, you know, that Michael Jordan probably had the Mamba mentality more than Mamba mentality. But the work ethic and just getting the most out of what he had, I think Kobe tr- trumps even MJ. And, you know, because MJ had this, you know, the gambling and he used to party all night and show up to the game and still score 40 and things like that. None of that applied to Kobe. Kobe was a basketball junkie 24 by 7. And like you said, that's part of a huge uh, legacy of him, right? And this is something, a quick blurb I wrote on the Elite Sports Media as all of our writers kind of got together and, and share our thoughts on him. The two things that popped, and we had to do this within hours of the news coming in, right? Just like yeah. you, uh, I had to deal with the multiple, uh, you know, emotions that I was going through. But the two top things that popped was his work ethic and just his persistence and perseverance. And the second thing, Ravi, I thought was very interesting was he was truly the first global superstar of the NBA. Correct. Right. Correct. Jordan kind of got us there. Jordan kickstarted the whole thing. But I think by the time the internet and all of that took off, Jordan was retired. He was this mythical figure, right? The first true NBA superstar whose career actually played out on a global stage was Kobe. And that's why you see such a global love for him, whether it's Neymar throwing the 2-4 or... This uh, Kyrgios, I'm hoping, I'm saying his name right, the Australian Open guy showing yes, up yes. with the uh, eight jersey. I think that is a huge part of his legacy is he is the, you he won't be the last. I mean, you could argue probably somebody like LeBron is even bigger than him right now in China. I don't know about that. But he was the first global NBA superstar whose career was played out in a global stage and he took NBA to places probably NBA has never been before. And to your point about being a Suns fan, yeah, I was just looking up some videos on YouTube today and, you know, in 2005, uh, 6 and 7, that was kind of the three years right after Shaq left Lakers, right? And that also coincided with uh, Nash coming to Suns and it was kind of like the golden period. So, five, I think Lakers completely missed the playoffs. Six is that series you are talking about, Ravi, where in the first yes. round, he dragged us to game, game seven. We had to kind of scratch and claw and win it 4-3. And then I believe the next year, again, it was a two versus seven matchup with Suns being two. I think the Suns won 4-1, a little bit more comfortable. And then there was another year, uh, I don't remember exactly what happened, and then the Lakers were back again, right? Back again, and then I think that's when they bet uh, the Suns, and you know, again, the window is closed. Uh, To your point, it's again going to be Kobe, and then he went to three straight finals and won two of them and all of that. So there's always been a thorn on our side, but still is, uh, what is sports without a villain or an adversary, right? So it is these memories and these players that actually make this uh, sport worthwhile for uh, following. And and Kobe is kind of at the top of the list for every Western Conference opponent. That's what I'm realizing today. 100%, uh, Arvind. And I'll take, uh, uh, 
you know one of your points and i'm in agreement wholeheartedly with everything you've said and by the way as i said to you offline also you wrote a great piece in the lead sports media today and i can Thank you. I, mean, i can i can only imagine how difficult it may have it must have been to write it uh, you know a eloquently and in a very uh, you know brief concise manner while still conveying all of your range of emotions but also to do it in such a short uh, response time so fabulously done thank you um, but to what you said to me you know i feel genuinely that there'll never be another one like kobe in terms of being a true global superstar and the reason i say that is yes lebron probably inching towards popularity of the same you know caliber as kobe from a basketball standpoint and there could be another one who knows donkic might become that yeah. in five years time but to me what sets kobe apart is the effort this guy took either before he came to play basketball in the nba or during or whatever it takes to actually blend himself to being a global citizen the fact that he used to you know respond to italian journalists in italy in a, in, a, in in italian spoke french with you know french reporters at the olympics uh, press conferences i mean that sets him apart from literally any other american athlete and it right. also completely dispels the traditional and quite honestly truthful american uh, you know perception of you know american athletes being these super divas who don't care about non english or non us based uh, entities right. and here was a guy who was responding to your foreign language in you know in that same language so guy was multilingual tried his best to kind of acculturate himself to whatever was you know wherever he was and i think that's quite remarkable yeah the that's thing, the yeah. second thing along, along the same line is if you even want evidence post the event right post yesterday's thing mm-hmm. and two specific uh, examples that came to my mind and blew my mind away actually were uh, the indian carnatic classical singer sanjay subramaniam has written a piece on kobe's passing away and i thought that wow. a, 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 a it was you know quite uh, pleasantly uh, uh, you know eye opening to me that you know we are talking about a very specific art form in carnatic you know in indian classical music mm-hmm. and you have this person who's a major aficionado of nba basketball but more importantly kobe bryant so that was you know that just shows to you the extent to which this guy had reached and the other you know the other example is also from our indian uh, uh, you know subcontinent where there is an ace photographer called atul kasbeker who again we are talking about people who are not mainstream like we are not talking about a sharukh khan or an amitabh bachchan right? right who may or may not i mean yeah just just for lip service they say oh sorry to see kobe die we are talking about people who you and i know but i bet like 80% of india doesn't know them either yeah they are talking about kobe as if someone in their family has passed away and to me to me that marks someone who's a true global superstar right that shows the uh, you know breadth and depth of his uh, connections that's it indeed Yeah, the last two days on just watching TV, it's been amazing. I think uh, one of my friends made this point, Ravi, and it's absolutely true. I don't, they're saying there's not been anybody this famous uh, die like this at this kind of age, uh, at least in the sports world, right? Yeah. Usually they are older, they pass away because of health reasons or whatever. So one of the point that was made was like in sports typically you don't see somebody this famous uh pass away this close to their active uh, career and that's kind of sets him apart and and the global reach of the NBA 
uh, in general and Kobe in particular has been on display the last two days and especially in LA. It's been years since I visited LA, but uh, you know, the spontaneous uh, memorials that are happening outside Staples Center is just amazing. Nobody organized anything, nobody set anything up, just thousands of people are showing up and they're just hanging out there even past midnight yesterday, which was just uh, special. You know, you, you don't see that every day. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's also, uh, uh, which also kind of in a, a lot of these things, unfortunately, become uh, evident, uh, you know, to people who are kind of not, say, Laker fans or people from LA only after something like this happens. But it kind of really got me thinking that whether or not people in LA, as a, as a, as a Los Angeles native, whether you live there anymore or not, mm-hmm. whether or not you're a Laker fan was immaterial, you had to be a Kobe fan, right? And right. actually, there are a couple of, uh, uh, you know, folks who both of us know who play in this fantasy league of ours, uh, the other fantasy league that we you and I play together in. These are guys who are based in the Bay Area for, and they've been here for the last 20 years, but they're Lakers fans, but, but, you know, you could kind of talk them out of being Lakers fans, but they are hardcore Kobe fans. So these are guys who during the whole Kobe Shaq feud totally were on Kobe's side. And you realize the value of this man when right. you talk to people like them. Yes, you know, yes. I, I was talking to one of them and he, he, I couldn't talk to him because he was in tears. Uh, and so if you multiply that 15 times or 1,000 times is what you get to see in regards to what's happening outside Staples uh, you know, over the past two days. Exactly. People are feeling genuinely <clears throat> as if something, you know, they've lost someone close to them right and that's 20 years of association as well right and right. and the other thing i noticed was even in the same tlsm article ravi you know uh we are about the kind of the age group of kobe himself even a little older there's a lot yes. of younger guys uh who write for tlsm the lead sports media and and I, you might have seen this on twitter too it was fascinating to me how many people have the exact same reaction that in their life, you know, sometimes you pick up a piece of paper, crumple it and throw it in the garbage, but you shoot it like a basketball. And there are so many people who say that they always said Kobe once the ball went into the trash. Yes. Not the ball, the paper. And I was thinking that kind of encapsulates the kind of connection the country and the world as a whole has had with this uh, basketball star, right? To them, he signifies the act of making a basket or basketball itself. Now, for me and you, it's probably a little bit more Jordan, right? Um, yeah. You know, I also throw stuff into the garbage and I usually don't say Kobe, but maybe in our uh, era, Jordan was kind of mentioned in those situations. But there are so many people in the 20s say the exact same story that any basketball reference, even if they're throwing stuff into the trash, it always ended with a Kobe reference. And that, that in a nutshell, I think, defines what he meant to the 2000s and the 2010s generation. So essentially him and to some extent LeBron's generation were influenced by uh, Jordan, right? Uh, this is the other point I wanted to make is he was kind of a, a, shall I say, controversial figure in some ways because of the, you know, overshooting or the Colorado incident or whatever right, uh, like that, you know, he, he, among the media and the fans, 
he was a little bit uh, controversial, right? But one yeah. place where he is beloved is among the younger generation NBA players. And that tells that's you right. something. The younger guys just love him. And I think that's because for up to the LeBron generation, they had watched MJ and MJ was the that figure, right? Since probably starting with the whole Westbrook, Durant, Curry, Clay generation on down, all the way up to Zion now and Ja Morant now, these guys have all grown up watching Kobe. And they all That's like right. just love it. And this is the other point too, is to be such an inspirational figure for even top-notch young athletes, you need a bunch of things going for you, right? The superstardom, the success obviously matters. But you also need to have a kind of game and a body type that they can relate to. And this is where I think MJ and Kobe are way ahead of somebody like, let's say, Shaq or even LeBron for that matter, right? A 12-year-old kid cannot look at LeBron and say, ha-ha, I can do that. Great point. Right? Whereas yeah. these kids get truly inspired by the, you know, the, the crossover dribble and dribbling between the legs and, you know, they look fit, you know, Jordan and Kobe don't look like they're 300-pound monsters. They look like slim, athletic guys. Kids look at them and go, I can do that. I can learn to do that. And that has totally been played out in the NBA with the younger generation. All of these guys just look up to Kobe. And that's, that's fascinating that uh, even among the superstars, there's another level up there. And that's where uh, MJ and then Kobe belongs. Basically, Kobe is the closest to MJ. There's, Without a doubt. Right? And, you know, I, I totally, uh, uh, you know, in a, I'm in alignment with you, especially to your point. Uh, the point that I found most fascinating in what you said is the fact that his body type lent itself to being, uh, uh, you know, a more, a closer role model for pretty much 90% of, you know, the youth in America who loves basketball versus freaks, versus physical freaks like a LeBron right. or a Shaq or even a Magic Johnson before him. Right. And that's where you're right. MJ and uh, Kobe were similar. And to me, what even there has set Kobe apart is MJ has almost become this uh, this godlike figure, right? Because none of the current generation of players actually watched him exactly. live. Exactly. Kobe was part of their ingredient or syllabus to fall in love with the game of basketball. They Absolutely. They were four or five years old when they were watching him play. Right. And on top of it, the one thing that, uh, you know, let's be honest, he was a little fortunate that uh, that whole Colorado incident happened early on in his career. So he did so much after that, that much of, you know, it, it, with the passage of time, things kind of get removed from memory. And I think that was another thing because aside from that and the fact that, yes, there were, you know, this whole Shaq and Kobe issues and all of it or him kind of playing uh, hero ball once, you know, once in a while, what really became visible and often kind of talked about with him was his work ethic, going back to your earlier point. Right. So if you think about those two or three things, a body type that makes you feel like if he can, you can also with the only requirement being that you need to go shoot 500 jumpers every night. And if you do that, you know what, you can become like Kobe. You don't need to grow eight inches taller all of a sudden in one year in order to make it into the NBA. So I think he almost felt like the 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 street guy's 
hero or the street guy's role model to look up to and that's something which is quite remarkable exactly so you know it's not just about the highlight reel stuff right lebron yeah. has tons of highlight reels he dunks he does his chase down blocks and all of that but that is something you enjoy from a distance you probably cannot you know hope to do that yourself as a 10 year old kid and you look at shaq same thing right he has had a lot of highlights but a kid will probably look at him and go what what is this who, who is this guy 300 pounds 7 feet am i supposed to grow up and defend this guy so if anything it probably is very uh, you know it scares kids away from basketball if anything but whereas uh, the body type of mj and kobe and their style of play is very attractive very aesthetically pleasing and it just pulls sucks people in right even though their athleticism and that's also a one in a million thing but at least a kid looks at it and goes you know i have a shot at this like you said yeah and, and you know yeah go ahead yes, no and the other other thing uh, even you know when you think of mj and kobe and and i i kind of interrupting you because i i thought of another thing arvin that is i was trying i was trying kind of conflicted myself or i was trying to i was struggling with why is this why is kobe's passing away hitting me more mm-hmm. uh, and i realized that maybe a part of it is to something that you said you know earlier he's kind of younger than us so right. we actually were already quote unquote in the nba i mean figuratively speaking as fans before even he came into the league and then we see this young kid come in be brash and all of a sudden then take the you know take the league by storm eventually becoming a superstar it almost felt like we were part of the whole nurturing process of this you know this this uh, this rookie who came in and then became you know obviously a superstar and all of it and we kind of felt like he was part of the next generation with mj or even with you know before that with magic or actually the closest would be hakeem we felt these were guys that everyone told us about and we were following them as you know these uh, demigods kobe we felt like you know we helped him become a superstar in a way by being fans <laughs> or yeah. rivals and then eventually we see that he has a very successful career makes us feel like okay my god we watched the end to end of his career and then all of a sudden he's gone and i felt it almost like when you feel really much worse when a person younger than you passes away and again to me that is part of what is really killing me here right right that's that's a great point and and another point i want to add uh, just going off of what you said the colorado thing happened pretty early in his career that's a great point too because after since then he has been a pretty polarizing figure right uh but like you said he reinvented himself and yeah. the beauty of a 20 year old career is he has almost had like three kind of primes right uh you could say he was in a kind of a early prime even before a colorado thing happened then because they were already winning championship but Shaq got all the uh, finals mvp and the credit and all of that then he had another real prime right where he won his own championships with paul gasol and all of that and then it almost felt like he had another post prime prime if you will between you know 2012 and 2014 or something like that until he tore his achilles which was i guess somewhere in there so he has almost had three distinct primes uh and that's what i guess happens with a, such a long career and like you said once he won that second set of championships i think 
all was forgotten at least in LA about his previous uh, mistakes and you know anytime somebody gets to compared to Jordan Ravi I feel like they kind of get some level of hate because Jordan yes. is just so beloved especially for our uh generation and older than us right and people who are older than us for that generation I think comparing anybody to Jordan is the worst thing you could do right so he was polarizing that way anyways uh but then the colorado thing made him even more polarizing and generally is you know a, a shot selection and it, taking too many shots and things like that rubbed some people the lo- wrong way but overall is is game was uh, the closest at least i have seen to jordan and i i don't think we will see a whole lot of uh, others coming up uh you know playing as it's close to jordan as we have seen especially with the game changing these days to being more perimeter oriented and things like that yeah no you're you're so right there and you know and i was in fact I, thanks for mentioning that because uh, i would have been remiss to forget to say this that through the whole process of you know us hating on kobe for uh, kind of destroying the suns so many times the one thing i almost always used to sympathize with him about is the fact that he kind of entered the league almost in parallel with jordan's second uh, you know second innings second uh, stint in the nba yeah. rather than coming into the league a year two years five years after jordan retired and the reason i say that is that very quickly it became apparent that it was going to be either kobe or vince carter or for some time they were talking about iverson as being the next jordan and that really set Uh, you know millions uh, of fans kind of against kobe and against vince right off the bat without them having anything to do with that perception right they were there to play ball yes they were you know kobe has always said that he idolized the jordan his his his, his demeanor his attitude his body language his game everything kind of showed shades of jordan anyways plus obviously he was a fabulous player yeah. but people started hating on him just because other people said kobe was going to be the next jordan and same with vince carter uh, and you know uh, whatever iverson and mcgrady and all of them and so to me and obviously none of this was helped by the fact that jordan himself kind of was also in the league at the time and he was on a mission to make sure no one is the next jordan so <laughs> you know so when you compare that with the situation like a lebron came in like what 10 12 years after magic retired uh, you know quite right. uh, quite uh, quite a few years after jordan left i'm not saying it was any easier but to me sometimes i feel successors find it much easier when they don't have the shadow of the predecessor literally hanging over their heads and in that sense i felt kobe could buy a buy a buy a brownie point i mean even things like we, you and i have spoken a few times already on this pod about him overshooting and in fact losing a playoff series i remember by taking too many bad shots but i was thinking was every bad shot he took further ammunition to the kobe haters to say see jordan would never do this whereas jordan himself may have lost a few series in the late 80s or the early 80s doing the same thing but there was no one to compare him with or about right. so to me that way i felt kobe got a hard deal uh, in the early stages of his career and i think that also shaped the way he became towards media towards the outside world at least for the first innings of his career where he became kind of almost like a cocoon or he created a cocoon around himself because he felt more people hated him than than those that liked him yes yes but 
he fought through all that and he i guess the great thing about him is he never lost any confidence in himself right what right. whatever happened he had complete and utter faith in his own ability to be the best player that he can be and that's that's i think uh, is is the you know enduring legacy of him at the end of this and i also want to add it's it's you know condolences to the other uh, eight people who had uh, passed in this uh, horrific accident as well including his daughter but also some of her classmates and their parents and it's it's really a sad uh, incident overall yeah uh, you know and so uh, arvind if you don't mind that is a good segue a i completely agree i mean in fact in all of this one should you know one obviously should uh, would be foolish to forget the fact that there were eight others who passed away especially you know people that uh, uh, were a family as well so i mean i cannot even begin to imagine the kind of grief the kind of feelings they must be going through right at a so at an objective the, level though uh, i was thinking through that you know why is it that uh, there were nine people who passed away i mean um, Uh, seven others in, uh, apart from kobe and his daughter but to be brutally honest in our minds is mm. kobe and his daughter and one of our friends uh, you know you and i both know this we were on a, on a mail exchange with uh, our friend who's talking about there being tragedies around the world which have affected us less right. why is it is it because we are kind of selfish conceited people and i was trying to rationalize it and i figured that the only thing i could come up with was that our emotions Uh, are driven by individuals rather than events so there could be you know the the the, uh, the ukraine airlines uh, uh, tragedy that occurred two weeks ago or whatever is happening in syria or in numerous other instances or you know two year, uh, the, the, our friend brought up the last vegas shooting two years ago right. all of those while horrific and tragic our problem is as human beings our emotions positive or negative are held together by individuals and memories of individuals and therefore to us someone we know someone we hated or like so basically someone we had emotions for draws us that much more into it than an overall event exactly i think i think that's a very good point on on that i know i have been trying to rationalize a similar thing too is there are some people on twitter upset at this old thing because they are saying oh he's just a basketball player he's not a doctor who cured cancer why are you guys making such a big deal out of this you know there are always those idiots on twitter right yeah. but it's it goes along the same lines ravi so what i've been trying to rationalize that and sure he didn't cure cancer and sure this is just stupid sports but the reality is as valuable as curing cancer is Kobe and movies and TV shows and all of that bring us joy every day, day exactly. to day, right? Exactly. They yeah. are in our living rooms, literally, right? People miss this point. Yeah. You come from work, you are tired. What do you do? You turn on your TV, you watch your favorite show, you laugh at Big Bang Theory or Seinfeld or watch a game, or you sit with your son. It's a bonding experience. You both sit and talk about Steph Curry and watch a game, right? this is what people like and this is what people enjoy as great as a cancer curing doctor is you and i are praying we never have to deal with him right we exactly. don't we don't want cancer in our lives we don't want cancer anywhere near us this is the exact opposite whereas we want steph curry in our uh, living room we invite seinfeld and kevin hart and movies because this is life this is everyday life right we are not sitting here curing cancer you and me we are enjoying our life with our kids and cousins and families and friends 
and that is where this connection comes from that is why people are so devastated because kobe takes them to a to a time 15 years back when they were 8 years old or whatever sitting at home with their dad and watching this game and that is priceless right sure it's not curing cancer but i can totally see why it affects people so much and like you said it's emotional and it's personal exactly yeah exactly and it is the fact that to your point and you you hit the nail on its head that their their acts or whatever they do create defining memories for us right makes it personal and, and joy after the yeah exactly and joy and after that you know what they could be as close to you as your brother or sister or mother or father or son and daughter which cannot be replaced by literally anything else because now they are part of your indelible memory so it's not about what kobe did i mean he scored 48 55 57 what you remember is you sat exactly watching that game you know exalted in joy when you know he hit the game winning shot and that's all that matters to you exactly it's not about him or what he did it's about what it means to you, you your right. memories where you were with whom you were how people go to these games with their parents and your dad had season tickets to the lakers he took me to the game for five consecutive years and think that's what people are reminiscing about and are crying about right it's not the fact that you know kobe won't score 48 anymore of course he retired 3 years back he's not going to score 48 a- anymore anyways yeah but i think there is a connection and a personal experience and memories here which which people cherish and i totally get it uh after much rationalization i kind of get it uh anyways any any final thoughts ravi i know we wanted to talk about super bowl this week maybe we should do that again another time this is yes. definitely a tough time for sports fans and uh it's it's uh, basically time to uh, think about uh, kobe bean bryant anything else you want to add No I mean just a final thought wanted to reiterate you know wishes prayers uh, condolences to the family or uh, to the families of those affected I mean it is I mean uh, it's easy for me to utter these words <laughs> in incredibly more difficult to right. uh, the ones that are facing it but no other than that uh, thanks Cap Kobe for the memories and uh, that's also the positive side to all of this is those memories will live on and kind of semi uh uh yeah, you know jocularly but also true is the fact that uh, for what it's worth in the age of social media and youtube you know those memories will most certainly live on yep it's true rip kobe and the other eight folks uh, affected by this tragedy talk to you guys soon